god, so many of these questions are so you. I love it. <laughs> okay. Like people really clearly are similar to you. I'm recording now, by that. the way. No, I just love it. That's okay. just so nice. Like this. Um, I don't want my four-year-old to sleep at my mother-in-law's house, but I occasionally let her sleep at my mum's. Am I being an awful person? I just don't like leaving my daughter. Oh, that's so sweet. I totally see that. Because with our mum, she's like an extension of me. So it's I don't have any qualms about, like, she is like their second mum. So, but say with Alfie's mum, or she's amazing and brilliant, but it's just different. It's just different. I can't be as mean to her as I can be to my mum. Mm-hmm. I can't be like, they aren't doing that. They aren't doing that. Yeah, so you can just be completely free. Yeah, I have to let... Uh, my mum will just let me say anything and dictate what they're going to do because she, she's, I'm able to be my true bitch self with her, mm. whereas I can't be like that with anyone else, mm. you know? Yeah, and also you don't, you don't need to feel guilty for like wanting to spend time with your kids, do you? No, and That's also... That's instinct. I mean, I'm addicted to my kids and to having kids. It's a two-fronged... Two-fronged? Prong. Prong. <laughs> oh, that start. was a quick, quick mistake to happen. Um, so lots of questions about how do you get into acting? Um, uh, will Harry Potter and the Cursed Child come? Don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but also lots of nice questions about... Um, okay, this is a good one. I'm still in love with my bub's dad. We got bub. 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 I'm still in love with my bub's dad. We got pregnant six months into dating. I kind of wish we end up back together like J and A. You and Alfie. Situation. Jesse, how did you handle it with Margot? With Margot? Well, I guess she means that, that Margot was the youngest when, when you oh, and Alfie yeah. split up. Yeah, she was so young. So Margot was, I think, so we split up in the September. She was born in July. So she was like 10 weeks old when we had made the decision to split up. Um, but we didn't move apart until November so we had about six weeks where we were broken up but still living together because various reasons and uh it was really hard with Margot but you know how I keep saying that Becca's really easy yeah well I was thinking about this yesterday he's not easy it's just so much easier now Mm -hmm. at this age having a baby than it was back then really yeah because I'm just ready for it I'm ready and so what I realize is with Margot it was so stressful having two kids suddenly as opposed to one when it's all a bit of a, you know, everything's so exciting and new and even if it's difficult, you don't know you're doing it wrong because, or, you know, not that you're doing it wrong, but with Becca, I'm able to implement a routine because I know what works best for me and for babies. Like, I know what I'm doing. Whereas with Margot, suddenly having two and having no routine, the mayhem of still trying to do bits of my career... And keep a relationship going, which was still only a year in. Mm-hmm. Like, of course we were going to break up. It was stupid. We even tried to move house. We moved, do you remember? We moved house. Mm. It was Edinburgh Festival. I thought, oh, he doesn't want to be without us for Edinburgh Festival. We'll go up with the two new, like, the two babies. Oh, yeah, the baby can mix with loads of other people. and's only three weeks old. That's completely normal. I just had no idea about boundaries or... I took on too much, which of course led to fights, and which is why we broke up. We definitely would not have broken up. If yeah, but was. also I feel like, you know, you, because of that time apart, now you realise that, you know, you don't need each other in the relationship, but you want each other, you know? Absolutely. That's, like, that's a good thing, to yeah. not have all of your self-worth dependent on the relationship you're in. It should be a bonus, you know? Yeah, and I think what happens in the early stages of having a baby 
in a relationship, especially if the relationship is in itself in the early stages, like with me and Alfie and like this woman here. Woman? She just always sounds so formal, doesn't <laughs> Lady? Lady? Lady, friend? Um, you're forming your own ways of fighting and making up and what you like and what you don't like, what you need, what you don't need in a relationship. And so we were working that out as, alongside having two young babies. Mm. So... Of course we were going to run into trouble. And I found that I played the role of girlfriend before I was actually a girlfriend with him. And I played the role of mother before I was really ready to be a mother. So there were so many cliche fights that you have. Like, you should be at home with me rather than going to do that gig, or which I've never really done, but you... you or, you know, well, we should be having dinner together every night. Or, you know, you should be putting the bed to, baby to bed. Or, you know, I've changed more nappies than you today. Cliché fights that I didn't really... You know, the logical part of my brain was like, well, he's a comedian. We only just met, really. And we have two kids together. So it's logical that we're going to, like, have completely different lifestyles. And you know what I mean? Like, we just... We've settled into who we are. Whereas and at so- the beginning, it might have felt a bit like playing house we were playing house because we were playing relationship yeah playing i can't imagine how weird that would be yeah imagine imagine if at this stage you're three years into your relationship yeah imagine having two kids oh oh my god that's having two kids having never dated (laughs) (laughs) you are bananas that is bananas that you went through that so now i realize with the fights that we have, we're so good at not like mm. having really healthy fights now. You guys have like a PhD master's thesis level knowledge of each other and all of your like ins and outs and quirks because you have been through everything, yeah. you know? And it's very cool. And that's why it's really nice seeing you interact because you do have like a sort of unspoken language. It's very yeah, sweet. just very lucky. But anyway, good luck to you. Yeah, good luck. Six months in, that's, that's more time than we had. Yeah, exactly. Embrace it. You've got to go on dates and stuff before you get all preggers and all that. But anyway, in terms of what the, the main um, nuance of this situation is the love. So me and Alfie still loved each other despite the breakup. Mm-hmm. The breakup was necessary. Um, and I, it was incredibly painful because mm-hmm. of that. Because it wasn't like I thought that we were never going to be together again. It was just that it wouldn't work right now. And if one of you ends up moving forward, so dating other people, fucking other people, seeing other people, developing a new relationship with other people, whilst you're stuck with your baby at home, because it's very difficult to date and to do things when you've got a a young baby, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And that's why I really relate to, you know, it, it just was a very particular situation. Well, if you if there is love there, yeah, and then you're both painful. there for each other at some point in the future, you just have to think, well, what will be will be, won't it? Not Must that I be- believe in fate and all that shit, but no, I don't believe in what will be will be. And also, I I cannot imagine. It must be so great to break up platonically. That must be great. Be like, hey, got out, got out of you what I needed at that time of my life, let's go our several ways and have a nice time on our own. What do you mean, break up platonically? It's platonically when you both mean it. No, no, no. Well, platonic, I don't know, maybe maybe it does, but platonic relationships mean friendship relationships. Oh, I mean mutual. Is yeah, so mutual? like a mutual a breakup. Mutual breakup. A, amical, amicable An amical breakup. platonic breakup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a mature thing to experience. I've never had that. That must be great. Rather than it being one-sided. Oh, yeah, and very snotty, you know? Yeah, that must be great. Not into that. Um, this is a good one. Have you two ever had to hide anything from each other? 
um, boyfriends, etc. How did you deal with that? Have we ever hide anything from each other? If we have, it's lasted like an hour. Yeah, I don't think that either. Before of us there's are very an good explosive lying. fight about the secret that was kept for an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't actually think of anything. No, never. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't have a filter with you. I mean, sometimes I'll hide if like I've got a new piece of clothes on. I can tell if you've got a new piece of clothing. I don't even have to see it. I can just sense it you through the, like, the air. Yeah, yeah, from my confidence as yeah. I walk into the room. But what I'll try and do is like <laughs> wear a coat and like carry my tote bag over mm. so that you can only see maybe little flashes. And I'll see his little, I'll see that little twinkle in your eyes. You go, hmm, I haven't seen that shade of purple before. But then I'll move the conversation. Maybe I'll really compliment you on, oh my God, you look amazing today. And then move it on, move it on, move it on. So that by the time it gets to the end of the day, when I take the coat off, and you're like, that's I've a new dress. Up. I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I didn't you say earlier? Yeah, that's a new yeah. one. The amount that's, of times you've said move. that's the powerful move. Over the years, the number of times you've said, oh, I've had the strangers. Oh, no, you haven't. Well, sometimes I have, but I just have been too scared to wear it in front of you. Sure. Since since I've been wearing it, but yeah, you know, sometimes you got to buy new clothes. <laughs> just, I haven't bought new clothes in a while, but you know. Well, I went into the storage um, thing yesterday, and there's that still that huge bag of dresses, the '50s dresses that you sh- need to sell. I don't, just too, I don't know just how. It's a horrible thing to have to do, isn't it? I don't it? know how. It's honestly like I've invented my <laughs> own like ghost grandma that has died, and I'm looking after her clothes. But instead, they were clothes that I wore when I was 18 years old. That half an hour where we spent taking photos of you in the dresses to try and harrowing, deeper, harrowing, harrowing. I found the photos on my phone. Okay, of that, and. It is so upsetting the way I was standing and posing. Because you looked if hurt. Anybody, no, sh- if anybody came across our, it was actually Vinted, not Depop. If anybody came across our Vinted account, I tried to change the name from Cave Sisters, but it has this system <laughs> in place where it locks your name in so you can't change the title. So even though I cropped out all of my head in the photos, the name was Cave Sisters. And I'm pretty sure you can see Alfie in one of the background of the photos. So <laughs> it's very embarrassing. I, I sold maybe like five things, but obviously everything you sell for very cheap on there. So I don't really... Um, it didn't end up being a super profitable thing because also you have to spend so much time taking all those and stupid time, yeah, photos. Yeah, so time consuming. It has to be like a passion, doesn't it? So maybe it? I should go back into a vintage shop and say, I bought this dress here five years ago. Give me a pound. Can, can you just <laughs> take it back, please? Please can not be reminded of this terrible... I know. ...sartorial phase of my life. Mm, sartorial? Look at that. You didn't even get the dictionary down. I know, I just slung that one in there. Oh, Sorry. Slung as well. What a word. I know. I'm really very getting loquacious in, this morning. I'm getting into words. Mm. Writing that second book. <laughs> <laughs> got to get the words. Got to get the good words in. Exactly. One, at least four big words oh, in the second words. book. Any pictures in this book? Maybe, actually. I was thinking maybe might slot a couple of pictures in there that will get then, I'll get told that you can't do them and I'll spend like five days doing them and then, you, you know, they'll be not allowed. Actually, links to a question that somebody asked. Did you ever feel worried writing Sunset that you were going to offend people? Uh offend people in terms of the kind of questionable relationship between she just said offend people so that's what I wonder do you think that she means like the questionable relationships and decisions or the language maybe which isn't Uh, offensive at all but like obviously you have a kind of informal tone well interestingly um a mother who I know who I know is quite um religious she she told me quite sweetly that she'd bought the book but then never has mentioned it again so maybe I did offend her because it's a bit crude about sexual Because there's lots stuff. of sexual stuff, yeah. isn't there? Sexual. Mm. And in terms of language, yeah, there's a lot of swearing. The interesting thing about reviews, um, like probably like 5% of the reviews mention the fucked up relationship between Rowan and Ruth. Really? Yeah, like 5%. 
the rest of it is just like no in grief you do weird shit so acknowledgement and and yeah acceptance of that yeah so yeah maybe that shows like that most people have experienced some kind mm. of form of weird behavior after yeah. a traumatic incident because I, cool. I only remember like maybe two people being like i really do not approve of the relationship between ruth and rowan it's disgusting morally uh, something big word morally re- reprehensible. reprehensible or morally du- dubious, moral, dubious morally dubious um, yeah so yeah no I don't I didn't ever worry about funny people I wrote my truth it's a wonderful truth hmm. you're dozed out aren't you no you're I'm a little not bit do- you just seem very serene I am very, very serene you need to get another coffee in you don't we <laughs> <laughs> we don't um, have our trademark squash and coffee. I know, like it's quite strange do. to not have a squash to hold on to. Because I looked at the last one and I thought, mm, I would be judging their liquid intake if I was a viewer of this podcast. So I thought, we're just going to go, no beverages today. Why would you judge our liquid intake? Because it was just obviously like, you know, gross instant coffee and like thick dense squash I would just judge someone for, I would like what are you drinking why are you drinking I would that? never judge someone for drinking instant coffee instant coffee is like you know the people's drink yeah but you know what I mean like like why are you drinking you're doing a podcast Stop because drinking. you know people drink when they're doing when they're on stage performing stand-up or whatever yeah it's like it's a, you know it's a, it's a necessary thing for someone who's like you know mm. speaking a lot I don't yeah. think that people would judge us for that well I hope that you didn't judge us for that no no nasty comments mm. no nasty comments most of these photos are just about um how do you get into acting and how, do, how does Jessie have such nice long hair? But, you know, we tried with the questions. We tried with the questions. I'm glad that there's less and less Harry Potter ones, I'm not going to lie. There was only one. It was honestly only one. It's good. So how are you, Jessie? I'm good, actually. I'm much better than I was a week ago. Why do you think that is? Um, PMA. PMA, you know? PMA? What's that? Positive Mental Attitude. That's from my tennis days. That yeah, was an advert. There was an advert going around in like the 90s that was just like, P-M-A, positive mental attitude. <laughs> and then like a ball, hitting a ball with each one. Positive mental attitude. Well, how do you actively put in place a positive mental attitude? So I've had to just um, compartmentalize my life a little bit more. So I've just reached, there was like a crescendo of cries that made me realize, okay, I'm doing a lot wrong. So I still try to do a lot of work in the day whilst juggling two babies and two kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of work sounds much more than it is. That's like sending an email or doing an Instagram reel Mm -hmm. or... um, writing down one line for my diary like that to me is work Mm -hmm. so I've had to accept my ambition and my goals and my um, my ideas I had to just like put over there for a little bit well yeah clearly you were just setting your standards for yourself too high yeah so you could never meet them and therefore you're constantly disappointed with yourself in everything that you do yeah like that's such a classic thing isn't it having an overachieving mindset yeah but then I went to foils yesterday and I saw Sunset in pride position, and I was like, fuck, that's good. Like, that's that so was good. good. I've done good. And I went and sat in the parenting section while I'm breastfed while Margot was looking for some presents for herself. And um, as I was breastfeeding, I was looking at all the titles of these parenting books, and I just found them so funny because they have to be kind of like a catchy, you know, title to grab people's attention, like Danishing. How to parent your kids the Danish way, or Inferno, a mother's madness, or um, how to stop shouting at your kids. Like really 
funny titles. And I was looking at all of them and thinking, parenting is like so hard. Mm. And I've just tried to just always just be like, no, it's fine. I can do it. I can have four kids. I can do this. I can do and actually, no, I'm just going to be like succumb and surrender and just admit, okay, I'm this is what I'm doing right now and I'm going to commit and I'm not going to worry about my career and money and like those things for a little bit and I'm just going to let it be. And so this week I've had to go on a school trip. I've had to just give in to the joy of it being Margot's birthday week and just like celebrate So that. Margot gets a birthday week but she we're not allowed birth- to have a birthday I thought I'm going to give her a birthday week. Give her a birthday. I'll and have just a like, birthday week. And, I, and as, as a matter Next week's my birthday doing, week. You're doing a birthday week. Yeah, exactly. July's a big birthday weeks and um, I'm just letting it be and that, that's why I feel better. How are you? Well, no, no I was just going to say that that's interesting, isn't it? That all of the titles of the childcare books are so kind of like aggressively instructional and it's like here is your survival guide to having kids you know this is what it's going to be like like almost like preparing you for a life in the trenches which I think maybe before your attitude would have been like oh come on it's not you know Mm. like that's a bit but I actually like the fact that you're saying no it is hard yeah and it's nice that people are accepting that it's hard (laughs) I bought a book on postpartum psychosis I don't have it yeah but I bought this memoir yesterday and I've already read half of it in a night just because I find it fascinating that it does change your your mind having a baby. It just every and and we and I've tried for so long to be like keep everything afloat, and I'm still like can do all of these things and have an identity without it being solely motherhood. But right now, my identity is mother. Mm-hmm. So just sink into just it, just sinking into it, and embrace all of the highs, but also all of the difficulties that come with that, rather than always chastising yourself because it's like, oh, I should be able to balance everything at once. Well, well, unfortunately, there was another book that I can't remember the title. It was really funny, like, oh, while motherhood is the death of your career, <laughs> that was actually the title. Um, and I flicked through it, and I was thinking, okay, it's not like I think what. I think I've just tried to compete mm-hmm. with people who don't have four kids for for a long time. And I've just got to be like, I I can't compete anymore. You're not in that race. I just can't compete. They're doing the sack race, you're doing the egg yeah. and spoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Focus on what you're doing. I'm going to a craft museum. I can't work today. Yeah. Um, I saw on um, Instagram, uh, how I get all my news, mm. um, but through the Navarra Media um, Instagram uh, page, that... Um, Apparently, there are talks in the Conservative Party of um, putting a tax on childless women. Have you oh have God. you ever heard oh of something like that? Isn't that crazy? Because it's to incentivise younger women to um, put a stop to the fact that we have an ageing generation mm. and that their birth rates are lower than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the backlash, rightly so, has come from the fact that you the only way you can incentivize people to have children is by reducing the kind of the cost of living crisis, by giving people free childcare, um, and by basically not putting like a, a penalty on the kind of the poorest people in society who are the ones that are going to struggle with a fucking childless tax. Not everybody wants to have children as well. How mm, messed up yeah, is that? that's fucked up. But what do you think that, as an active parent, what do you think is the thing that would convince people who aren't sure about having kids to have kids. Like, what are the things that you think? Because I was just thinking, yeah, there is a negative view towards motherhood as well, especially as people are worried about climate change and, you know, what it means to be a parent in the future. But if there was one thing that you could say to be like, if anything is going to make you want to have kids, what is it? Mm, I was just wondering about that. It's a really hard question. It's a really good question. But, and this is quite sad, but I guess after Ben, it was like, 
Donnie and Margot were my saviour. Yeah. And I think, to a certain extent, our saviour as a yeah. family. Because the simplicity and the the little joys of being a kid and seeing things through their lens, it just picked me up and made me realise that there's still life to be had and to look forward to things. And I don't know, this little things like they've got sports day it's been cancelled because of the heat wave climate change mm. but sports day they were really looking forward to it was a school trip to the seaside they were really looking forward to they look forward to things in such an innocent way that it must it, shift your perspective it does it really does make me feel more i'm excited for them i'm terrified of getting to like 50 and then being grown up and me having like an empty nest and then suddenly being like oh, okay I can't live through them anymore. Mm -hmm. But then I think... I don't think you do live through them anyway. No, I don't live through them, but I definitely... You live alongside them. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe that's been my struggle recently because I have been devoting every second to them at a cost to my own creativity. And that's not saying that I... I'm sad about that, but I definitely have noticed mm -hmm. the drop-off there yeah. on my side of things, my identity, that type of thing. My identity now has shifted into something different at the age of 35, and I'm like, okay, 35, four kids, who am I? Yeah. And I, I'm, I was lost, but now I am found. Oh, because I know that I... Beautiful. Because it's as temp everything is temporary, and it is a depressing sentence to say that, but it is. Mm. So when I'm 50 and I do have an emptiness... I'll work out what I'm doing and yeah. I'll work out a different thing. So to incentivize, I would just say they bring such, such joy. Mm -hmm. And even when they're hard, even after five days of no sleep and poos in the bath and like tantrums in the shopping and not being able to move and like wee everywhere and like food everywhere and tantrums and all of it, you can still look at them at the end of the day and be like, you're amazing. You're amazing. Exactly. So maybe the fact that you are able to experience such lows and, and difficult, stressful moments, but at the end of the day, still only feel love for yeah. something that you've made. Also, I think that it probably helps you to not think about yourself so much, doesn't it? Well, I'm, Bibi, I'm selfless. I'm you a self, are. I'm a selfless. Not that like having kids should be your, your cure to narcissism, you know, like that's obviously a fucked up thing to promote. No, I'm still narcissistic, but I'm also selfless. Exactly. Narcissistic and selfless, which is the yes. best combo that you want to be. Absolutely. I just I thought am. that that was so fascinating, that idea that you, I'm sure it wouldn't ever be introduced because that seems too dystopian and handmaid's tale But the idea of trying to punish people for being afraid of bringing kids into the world. Yeah, but it's also probably... Um, or just not having a desire to, I guess. Yeah, there should be a... But imagine if you had to tick a box mm. to be like, no, I don't want kids, mm. so you can't charge me for yeah. that. Uh, that would be horrendous. But I do think it might incentivize some people who put off having kids because they're worried about their careers. Um, maybe it's a way of the government being like, can you can have a career and have kids. Well, what could they possibly do, though, to actually ensure that? They're, I mean, of course, if women were assured you can still have your life and be a mother too. But I think that it's just too fundamentally ingrained in the way that we are as a culture that women take on so much more emotional labour and stuff than mm. men do. Yeah, I had a fight with Alfie this morning because he, he, he put the cot on the other side of the bed because he wanted to put the fan in the cot. <laughs> not with the baby in there no not with the baby in there obviously because obviously we don't use cots <laughs> we have five we don't use them um so I was like why did you put the cot on that side of the bed 
I told you not to do that. I like it on this side of the bed. He's like, because I want the fan in the car and it's easier on this side of the bed. And I was like, but you're going to move. And I've got all this sh- the sheets stored. Mm. In the, and, and then it rolled into this fight about, I do the sheets. I do the wash. Like, I do all this stuff. You have to put my effort into the house stuff. And it's not that, it's not that he doesn't do it out of choice or spite or anything. It's just because women take on more. Mm. They're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Oh, and I'll do that. And I'll do that. And I'll do this over here. I'll, don't worry about it. I'll do it without even saying anything. But you want them to just be like, oh, out of thin air, I'll just, let me just do all of the things that you are going to do anyway because you want to do them. You want to do them yourself. But I'll, no, let me do it and I'll do it slightly not how you want and then you'll do it again well that's what that that's what the whole um what's the phrase called um something incompetence you know oh glamorizing weaponized weaponizing uh incompetence not incontinence not <laughs> no, no, no. has actually a really funny bit on how you shouldn't um you shouldn't like describe something that men do as weaponized because men are just gonna go yeah i'm <laughs> fucking weaponized. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah that's the whole weaponized incompetence argument isn't it that men are just going to do it badly I have tried a few times just as a little fun little test if I've had to leave before Horatio um, and he's at my flat and I've got like washing in the machine I'll be like oh babe can you do me a favour could you take out my washing and no matter what he'll do it but I'll get back he's hung a pillowcase on the TV there's cloths hanging fucking off the sink handle it's just so stupid I'm like hang it on the fucking washing rack yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if men are the ones we've got to have babies with, government, you need to outlaw men. I think that's what <laughs> yeah, we're saying. Yeah, surely they should be taxing men as well. They should be fucking taxing men as well. Um, excuse me, stop being such a gaslighter, Sarah, otherwise women would be more excited to have babies with you. Yeah. Can we just, like, for a second go a bit topical? Yeah. Let's go a bit... Do you we're know what? Gonna have go to a bit topical. We're going to have to cut this, but wh- how... If we come back suddenly talking about a different thing, <laughs> we cut it. Just so you know. Just so you know. Okay. So, just, like... General thoughts quickly about Boris. About Boris. Yeah, just about Boris. About BJ. Okay, now Um, we're gonna cut. (laughs) Okay. I love it. And then she. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Boris is obviously just a complete um, tool, isn't he? Complete tool. I just think he's so funny. In in obviously. Oh my god, Jesse, you are gonna get hated. You're gonna get fucking hated. I just think it's so. So funny how he hung on for so long. It was just. So I think that we can we can laugh at it as an art installation yeah, piece if yeah. it wasn't obviously sad for the fact that he has like fucked over so many of the poorest people in this country. Yeah, no, I no, I'm completely anti Boris. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, I just think. But to say it's not funny would be crazy. Every, exactly, every single comedy writer out there, surely. Yeah. is writing what just happened. Well, yes, but also they're not going to be able to write something as preposterous as it is. As a man slowly his whole empire that he's built upon like this sort of inflated version of himself crumbles with the most like embarrassing, humiliating things that surely nobody should come back from, but he still clings on to power anyway. It's unbelievable. Fucking he's, parties, he's... illegitimate children, everything that could make somebody seem like a ridiculous figure. But he also didn't say the word resign, did he, so that he could easily run again in, in the autumn. Isn't that well, insane? Well, he's, he's staying on as like the interim prime minister, is he not? Yeah. And just resigning as the leader of the Conservative Party um, so that then somebody can take over... Again, isn't it? No, there's going to be another. There's going to be another election soon. There's going to be another race to see who can be the 
Conservative leader. leader. Yeah. And, and he hasn't said resign. Because if you Jesus say resign, Christ. you can't run. Of course. So I he's just, very, been very clever and tactical very about clever. that. And that's why I think he took so long to come out the building and give his speech. Because he, he had to like, word it. He was in crisis talks literally until the moment yeah. that he left. Yeah, he had to word it so particularly so that he can... That there's a loophole for him to run again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just thought it was really interesting looking at Carrie in the wings, who's my age. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's weird. Alfie hung out with her. Like Alfie's like Alfie knows her because she was at, like she was in the Adam Foster one yet. Anyway. Um, Did Alfie sleep with her? No. <laughs> <laughs> we got loads of new patrons this week because yeah. we were explicit about having a Patreon. Totally. Because we're never explicit, are we? Yeah. And we're not explicit on Patreon. It's all very tame stuff. Oh yeah. Lots of clothes. <laughs> Well, there are some. There's some explicit stuff on Patreon. Really? Yeah, of course. You've had some very gossipy stuff on. Patreon. Oh, you mean I? I thought you meant like you know sexy stuff. No, <laughs> it's not like our sexy channel. It's where we do our sexy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not like our OnlyFans. We're not doing. A, we're not running a sisters OnlyFans. Imagine if. Imagine how much money we we would make from that, though. Can you imagine? No, I would make such little money from having an OnlyFans account. I'm sorry, I have to tell you the funniest thing. Okay. Okay, so a friend of mine got approached for a reality show. Yeah. Okay, and I can't go too deep into the premise, but essentially the premise is taking away all forms of light. Okay. And... Okay, actually, this is I can't. Too explicit. I can't, no, Too explicit. I can't. I can't, I can't, even, can't, talk can't even talk about it. I'll talk about it on the Patreon. I'll talk about it on the Patreon. Yeah, you save that for Patreon. I'm gonna save that. So for I've Patreon. got a Beauty and the Beast story, which is actually very sad and good, and you have like your sexy little story there. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. This has been a bit chaotic. It was such a good episode. Other than that, yeah, no, we had a great time. Yeah, but I'm worried that we only recorded like five minutes. No, no, no. I'm sure that it cut out very, very soon before we noticed it. So if this we is would a 15 minute it. episode. We're sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if it's like a seven-minute episode. <laughs> well, if it is, then we'll, have to, we'll just do another one. Yeah, not today, though, because no. I'm tired. No, I'm tired, too. <laughs> and I've got to go to work. And I'm just so hot. I'm so hot. Right, thank you for listening to thank everybody. Thank you for listening, everyone. Adios, friends. Hola. Hola.